It's now time for On the Line with Cheryl Wilkerson. The conversation will range from local dialogue to international. This show is meant to enlighten, inform, and to inspire. On the Line with Cheryl Wilkerson begins now. Hello and welcome to On the Line. I'm your host, Cheryl Wilkerson. So glad you could join me on this Sunday morning. You know, we always have business of importance that we need to bring to the community. And today, this Sunday morning, is no different. So many families are dealing with loved ones they're taking care of, and um, I think today's show will be somewhat of a relief, a support. It might help some families just exhale. So that's the goal for today, and like I said, for you all to get a whole lot of information about what's going on. So we're going to welcome to the show three young ladies. I'm going to let them introduce their names and their titles themselves so I don't screw up these titles and uh, we're going to listen and learn today. All right so let's go right on down the line. Good morning. I'm Mm -hmm. Katie McDonough the executive director of the Alzheimer's Association Southeastern Virginia chapter. Executive director. Yes ma'am. Okay all right. Good morning. My name is Alisa Lofton, and I'm a senior program manager with the Alzheimer's Association, Southeastern Virginia chapter. Give me the title again. Senior program manager. Senior program manager. Okay, and yes, ma'am. Good morning. I'm Vivian Henderson, and I serve as the 2023 Coastal Virginia Walk to End Alzheimer's Chair. We're going to figure out how they talked you into that. <laughs> but that's right. So... I don't know who you all just jump in. Don't be shy about this, okay? But what is Alzheimer's? Yeah. Well, Alzheimer's is um, a disease that impacts um, the brain. It is a form of dementia. So we often use those terms interchangeably. We do, yeah. Um, dementia is like an umbrella term. Mm-hmm. So it defines kind of a set of symptoms. And Alzheimer's is one of the diseases, in fact, the most common disease to cause uh, dementia symptoms. So it can cause anywhere, we believe, from 60 to 80% of cases of dementia. Um, People can live with different types of dementia. Um, Sometimes they can have Alzheimer's and another type of dementia. Um, But that's typically why you often hear the two used interchangeably because Alzheimer's is so common. This is my question, and I know you're not medical doctors, but where did this come from? Has it always been there and we didn't call it what it was? Or does it just seem like it's exploding now? I don't, I don't, I don't understand. Did we ignore it in the past and we called it something else? For a long time, people called it hardening of the arteries or senility. Um, lots of people oh, don't, yeah. yeah, or they don't talk about it at all, and they just say that their loved one is going crazy or they're just, you know, a little off. And so Alzheimer's has always been there. They've just not been calling it that. And now, because there's so many different advances, um, we're out in the media more. We're doing a lot more work in the community. People are understanding what Alzheimer's disease actually is. So it's always been there. Yes. And okay. now it's being diagnosed. Yes. And so okay. that, that's the big one. You okay. know, when you have people who are afraid to talk about the topic, um, the symptoms, what they're seeing, uh, when it's taboo, especially as it has been in the African-American yes, community ma'am. to talk mm-hmm. about it, mm-hmm. then people shy away yes, ma'am. Uh, from going to the doctor to discuss those types of mm-hmm. things. But now uh, people are feeling more confident um, because there are more medical, medical professionals who look like them mm-hmm. um, that they trust um, with those types of concerns and the diagnoses are taking place. And so now we have better stats that accurately reflect 
um, the people who are really impacted by this disease. Let's talk about the research and the trends. Who wants to tackle that? Okay. Let's talk about that. What's going on now in 2003? Yeah, so we have now 6 million Americans who are living with Alzheimer's disease, just Alzheimer's. Uh, we have over 11 million um, family members, friends, neighbors who are providing unpaid care for someone who is living with Alzheimer's. That's no joke. Yeah, right here in Virginia, it's 150,000 um, Virginians living with Alzheimer's and almost 400,000 Virginians providing unpaid care. So those are some staggering numbers. Um, you know, even if you don't know uh, someone who has been impacted by this disease, you probably do yeah, know someone. Yeah, I agree. You know? um, I agree. Just uh, for what Vivian said, we don't talk about it as much as we should. Um, and up until recently, it was the only, you know, uh, top 10 leading cause of death that didn't have a way to treat it. Um, meaning that we didn't have a treatment that actually impacted the underlying disease process. And, you know, this disease was discovered over 100 years ago. It was? Yeah. Um, In Germany um, by a doctor named Alice Alzheimer's. And um, we have only now um, been able to begin um, providing treatments to people living in its earliest stages. So that's exciting news. This yeah. has just happened this summer. Um, our first really? treatment ever. Yes. That Ooh. has Ooh. been not only approved by the FDA, but actually uh, covered by Medicare. That's important. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we're working on other insurance, um, private insurance, um, uh, you know, as we speak. That's a, a big part of what we do at the association is advocating for access. How do you do that? How do you advocate? Yeah. So... The, one of the main reasons we got to this place um, was advocacy from people all across the country over the last 10 years to increase research funding. So in 2011, um, that, the, the, um, the number of dollars we were spending in the National Institutes of Health for Alzheimer's disease was only $300 million. Today, it's $2.9 billion. And the reason we, did, we, we have been able to escalate that number so high is because of everyday people who made their voices heard, not only in their community, but in the halls of Congress. Um, and we've been building that support for years. Um, and so that increases the amount of research, right? It escalates the, um, the speed of research, um, not only giving us treatments, but we're within a couple of years, um, many scientists are saying, of having a blood test. Yeah. Do you think when people like Ronald Reagan was were was was diagnosed, do you think that helped? Well, I, I definitely think you 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 see um, high profile individual celebrities mm-hmm. all the time that we partner with that elevate you know mm-hmm. the message of this disease, and even um, you know even if it's not. Um, Alzheimer's itself, or it's another form of dementia, that also elevates the concern about dementia in general. So that's incredibly important. It's just so overwhelming to think about it, and Mm -hmm. and the whole caregiving thing just blows my mind. But uh, let's talk about locally. What's going on locally? 
So locally, we're doing um, a lot of outreach in black and brown communities. And so one of those ways in which we do that is through our faith outreach initiative called Purple Power Worship. So we are Purple Power Worship. Yes, Mm ma'am. So we go into um, churches and we on a Sunday that they choose and everyone wears purple. Caregivers give their stories. We talk about Alzheimer's and dementia. We provide resources. And then we also leave the church with information when we leave so that they know they can always reach out to us. And then we continue that partnership with those churches um, or those faith communities and providing them education programs, support groups. Um, Just for instance, one example is we partnered with... um, Zeta Phi Beta in Chesapeake. Mm -hmm. Um, And so through that partnership, they were able to start the very first African-American caregiver support group at Divine Baptist Church in Chesapeake. Mm -hmm. Um, Because we know that there is a need to have a support group where everyone around you looks like you because there are specific needs there um, in the African-American community. Um, We are twice as likely in the African-American community to be diagnosed with Alzheimer's disease than our white counterparts. Mm -hmm. Um, We are also less likely to get that diagnosis. So like Wait, wait, wait. My my brain's going too slow. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so those say those last two sentences again. So we are twice as likely to be diagnosed with Alzheimer's disease. Why than, is that? Do we um, know why? Social determinants of health, lack of okay. access, okay. Um, and we are less likely to get that diagnosis. Like Vivian had mentioned, you know, we are seeing a lot more physicians that look like us, but the majority of us aren't seeing physicians that look like us. So are we not being taken seriously when we're coming in with our concerns? And then sometimes maybe there is a fear of even talking about, you know, Alzheimer's disease. There's a stigma against it. Um, we don't want to have that conversation up front, and so there's a fear of having that conversation um, with our physicians about Alzheimer's disease. And so um, that targeted outreach to the churches is really important because when faced with something as serious as Alzheimer's disease, the first place we're going to go is our church um, because our faith is what feeds us in our community. Mm -hmm. So being able to go into a community that is our own and we know that people are going to cover us, that's where we want to make sure that we are speaking with the congregation, the health ministry, um, the minister, reverend, so that they can be educated on Alzheimer's as well to provide that support. And, and what has I'm sorry that trust level is phenomenal mm-hmm. um, to be able to bridge that gap um, in the faith-based communities is um, yes. it's astounding right. to, yes. um, and and I applaud um, the Alzheimer's Association for um, being that strategic and intentional to reach a population that um, is so affected by this disease um, in non-traditional manners um, and and I will just add that you know you have in the faith-based community. Um, there's an expectation of honesty mm-hmm. um, and candor that oftentimes um, individuals who are facing certain types of instances don't see that beyond their faith-based community. Correct. Um, in fact, um, it is not uncommon for concerns to be dismissed by medical professionals um, yes. when they're raised. Correct. And um, thankfully through AIM, which is the advocacy initiative with the Alzheimer's Association, where um, individuals can sign up to receive um, text messages and alerts on what things are going on, they get real news, not fake news, mm-hmm. about um, the disease, um, the initiatives um, that are available. And uh, for lack of a better phrase, when you have people who are saying, I'm scared to talk about this mm-hmm. because I'm scared that what you give me mm-hmm. is not going to be what I want to hear. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so um, having a community to embrace them and guide them through that process is just absolutely phenomenal. What has been the 
reaction? What has been the success of the program? Uh, it's been wonderful. Um, just in the past year, I think we have had about 12 Purple Sundays um, reaching over 1,000 people. Um, and then also partnering with Eastern Virginia Medical School. Oh, good. Uh, one of their clinical studies and they're also having people sign up for those clinical studies so upwards of 60 people who have signed up because they're getting the education learning about the protocols in place learning that it's safe for them to engage or want to know about clinical trials first and that they have access to decide for themselves and i think that's the real fear too is that if i do this what 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 are you going to give me? How do I know that it's going to be safe? Because, and that's real. Yeah, I mean, yeah. coming from our history, that's yes. real. We have that, a generational I mean, mistrust. Yes. And that has to be addressed and mm -hmm. talked about before we can move forward. Mm -hmm. I think one of the things I'm really proud of, too, about this work is um, there's a really phenomenal study going on right now at EVMS. It's a national study using that same medication that was just approved oh, okay. for people mm -hmm. in the early mm -hmm. stages. Mm -hmm. It's actually being used in a clinical trial for people who have elevated risk for Alzheimer's, mm -hmm. but haven't yet been diagnosed. So, you so know that we can tell people that have an elevated risk? Yes. yes. And what's exciting about our role with EVMS, something we should really be proud of here in Hampton Roads, is that the first black participant yes. in that study nationwide was right here in Hampton Roads. Really? An African-American right. woman. Mm -hmm. Yep. That's huge. And she goes out and speaks on behalf oh, of the cool. study yeah, and now talks she goes about out. her experience. Yeah. And yeah. it's amazing. And we've been able to also engage interns. Um, we have a national partnership with a Thurgood Marshall Scholarship mm. Program, okay. and which I, I absolutely love because the Thurgood Marshall Scholarship Program actually funds um, interns from HBCUs to work with the Alzheimer's Association. So they are paid interns. And we currently have two right now. This is our second year. We had two from Norfolk State last year, two from Norfolk State currently. And they are working with us and they are basically working as staff. Um, they are paid. They are going out into the community. They are working full mission. So they're working with the development staff. They're working with program staff. They're going out to Purple Sundays. They're doing some really phenomenal work. So not only are they getting the experience of nice. working with an organization, they're actually going out and teaching other students and people in the community about Alzheimer's Association and why it's important even if you're in college um, you know they might think well I'm only in my 20s why am I thinking about Alzheimer's because you also have parents and grandparents and aunts and uncles um, you know we want to give them an affinity to Alzheimer's because once you graduate college you're most likely going to be in the workforce where you're going to be uh, meeting people who are affected by dementia and Alzheimer's mm -hmm. disease so to be able to understand those things when you're working in for instance long-term care knowing those 10 signs and saying you know what I might need to dig a little bit deeper with this patient because I think this may be something else mm -hmm. so it's a really good opportunity for HBCUs to be involved with the Alzheimer's Association it mm -hmm. is it and then is. for them to learn at a young age yes. that there are so many determinants that they can work on to yes. try to head mm -hmm. this thing off at the path absolutely so we're um, good health and nutrition. Mm -hmm. um, and those are unfortunately some of the biggest challenges in our community. That's a fight. Um, and now as you know, we have um, That's a new fight. fast mm -hmm. food places um, popping up all the time. That's a fight, yeah. Um, then, you know, and especially in the college community. I yeah. talk to the students all the time. They'll, they'll say things around me like, Oh, I really need a Red Bull. Oh, Miss Cheryl, I mean to say that in front of you, you know, all right, right. but they, consume a lot of what I call junk right and I don't want that from them but I know they can't see what I can see right mm -hmm. you know and so they think oh it's no big deal or whatever I have one of them 
he's so proud of himself when he eats a salad now he will send me a picture he sent me a picture last week because he ate a salad because he never eats salads right Mm -hmm. so that is huge right there to get these young people now because there's so much junk in their food yes and they don't understand that when they go into a grocery store the moment that they turn up an aisle and leave the perimeter Mm -hmm. yep they are Putting themselves um, in danger. Yes. <laughs> Clearly, because that's what the preservatives mm-hmm. and, and all of those additives come into play. Um, things that can affect your cholesterol level, which is one of the things that can be a determinant for increased risk of dementia. Um, that can affect um, your um, blood pressure with now hypertension. How did you learn all this stuff? And so, um, <laughs> you know, well, fortunately, you know, I'm not a medical doctor. I got my doctor in law. Right, right. <laughs> right. So, I'm, so I'm, I'm educated a lot during, during our courses, but I can tell you that a lot of these stats I've been able to grab and grasp um, during the Purple Sundays. Um, okay. Dr. Okravi's been, he's absolutely amazing. What's his name? Dr. Okravi. Okravi. Um, on yeah. the staff with um, EVMS, who's a geriatrician and um, who's absolutely phenomenal yes. and committed to this work. Um, and I know with the Purple Sunday that we um, just had recently with Covenant Kingdom Fellowship, where um, Pastor Cuffey um, leads that congregation, uh, Dr. Okravi went through those types of things that you can do now, you know, including just basic exercise. You know, if you can get 30 minutes of walking in a day. Um, and young people, what I have found, they're um, logistically goal setting. So if they say, I want X, mm-hmm. then they will eliminate A through X just to get X. Mm-hmm. But if they know that they can go A, B, C, D mm-hmm. to help them get to X, that's mm-hmm. what they will do. And so if we equip, empower, and educate them that if they take steps now to shop healthy, to live healthy, to exercise healthy, that those things can make their last days their best days. Mm-hmm. And does that same message go out for people in their 40s or 50s or 60s or 70s? Yes. yes. Absolutely. We also know that, you know, when you get older, particularly, you know, your risk for Alzheimer's increases significantly from age 65 and older. Okay. What happens when you're 65 for a lot of us? You know, we retire uh, if we're lucky. You know, we are able to... Um, you know, kind of rest more. We might stay inside the home more. We also might be challenged with our mobility more, right? You know, maybe you need new knees or a new hip or something like that. And all of that can isolate you. And so social isolation Mm -hmm. and decreased cognitive activity, right? Really stimulating your brain, learning new things. Um, those are two protectors against Alzheimer's mm-hmm. as well. So we've got a lot of um, research going on, particularly um, around prevention. Um, the nation's largest prevention study um, is called U.S. Pointer. The Alzheimer's Association US is funding Pointer. that right now. Um, we are very proud to say that um, there is significant diversity and the participants in that study. In fact, they've reached all their um, markers, their goals for um, the black population, um, the Hispanic population, as well as Asian and other um, persons of color because to get that representation that we need. But that study is looking at diet and exercise, Mm -hmm. just like Vivian said, but also socialization, cognitive activity. And there are a bunch of ancillary studies that are looking at things like sleep, and gut health. So we just heard at our international research conference um, a study um, that uh, shared that constipation is linked to risk 
chronic constipation is linked to risk for Alzheimer's disease. Oh, it so is? gut health oh, okay. is incredibly important. We're learning that in, in overall health, right? That mm-hmm. they're calling yeah. it like the second brain, you know? Mm-hmm. So there's a whole lot going on. I mean, our body, it's no surprise, right, that heart health is good for our brain. They're connected, you know. It's like that old song we were growing up, you know, the foot bones connected to the leg bone, all Mm -hmm. of it, you know, our Mm -hmm. whole body Mm -hmm. depends on the health of our whole body, Mm -hmm. you know. And so, um, and that is, yes, a lifelong process. So just like we're seeing in heart health education, just like we're seeing in diabetes prevention, very soon you are going to start seeing in the public health arena all around us discussions about brain health throughout the lifespan. We don't do that right now well, but it's coming. Brain health. Mm-hmm. Yep, you're right. We're talking about Alzheimer's today. And you know what? It seems to me, I think about this sometimes, the, when it comes to the body, it seems like sometimes... Either it's your brain going to go or it's your body going to go. But one of them's going to go and leave the other one fairly okay. You know, and I, I don't know if I've got, I don't, I don't know if that's true or if that's just something I thought of. It may not be true, but it appears to me to be that way. So you've got to do things for your brain and you've got to do things for your body or else right. one, yeah. of them, one of them's going to go. Yeah. Right. I think the big thing that you you get from that is that it doesn't have to be that way right that that's mm-hmm. the thing that we we would hope that the community would hear it doesn't have to be that way um and the sad reality of it is that's a bit frustrating um probably more so now after working so intimately um, with the alzheimer's association as a member of zeta phi beta sorority incorporated do you know my friend debbie banks Okay, no, never mind. Go no, ahead. but, but now, I'm going, now I'm going to look for her. <laughs> okay. I'm going to look for her. Is she my soul roar? Mm-hmm. I'm going to look for her. Yes, but the, the part that is, is yeah. most frustrating to me that it appears that oftentimes in the medical community that the older you become, the less interest there is in healing mm. because of the expectation of the termination of life. Yeah, yeah. And so we just throw our hands and up. That, yes, and that mm-hmm. that is frustrating. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can say that um, the Divine Nine community um, has now um, been um, at the front forefront um, with the Alzheimer's Association with partnerships that have followed after Zeta and after Omega Psi Phi and Alpha Phi Alpha and Kappa Alpha Psi and Delta is on the horizon. Um, we're coming through, and we're hoping that the whole Divine Nine community will latch on to this. But in pushing the fact that. Our most precious populations need to be protected. Mm. That's our babies and our seniors. Yep. And so um, African cultures take care of their babies and their seniors. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And so, um, and I get excited about the work that's happening in this community, um, especially through the the local chapter of the Alzheimer's Association. Um, It's it's been so um, invigorating to me Mm -hmm. um, to to be a part of what's going on, and and to see. How did it start with you? How did you how did you get involved? Was Zeta Phi Beta, um, <laughs> our organization. Um, in fact, our chapter, um, the Beta Alpha Omicron Zeta chapter, which is the Chesapeake graduate chapter of Zeta, um, formed a partnership with the local chapter of the Alzheimer's Association. And our model, an MOU, um, was used to create our national oh, partnership nice. cool. yeah. okay. uh, with the organization. And so um, with that, we've been able to host forums 
um, with the Alzheimer's Association. And as um, Elisa shared, um, start the um, caregiver support group with Divine, uh, with Divine Baptist Church, uh, where <laughs> um, cool. Pastor Tommy, um, who's an Omega, mm-hmm. uh, who his organization is also a partner. Um, we, we've been able to do that. And then and working with the walk, you know, which is which is huge. And so um, through our initial partnership, um, I've been blessed to be able to walk into this role as the walk chair, um, which has been so educating uh, for me. And um, so, you know, and, and you know, Cheryl, from, you know, back in our days with AFRAM, if I get excited about something, you can't shut me up it's about it. It's on and popping. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you can't shut me up about it. And, um, and, and it's been that way. So when people will hear, not just with their ears, but with their heart um, and their soul, right? Mm-hmm. With, um, with Hot 91, mm-hmm. we... We, we make change okay. and, you know, we can get to the place where we can see the end of this um, terrible disease. And it just took one conversation. I think I, it was a Chesapeake Task Force on Aging where I saw Vivian. And every time I would see her every month, she would always say, Zeta Phi Beta Sorority. <laughs> like she would always so. And, and now I, you're in the sorority. And so, no. <laughs> I'm not. But I would. <laughs> um, <laughs> Her daughter so, is an affiliate member. Though. Yes, <laughs> my daughter is a part of the Youth Auxiliary. Yes. Um, and I would see her talk about it so much. And after doing some research and realizing that elder care was the overarching initiative, and I was like, this is meant to be um, because we should be partners because we're reaching yeah. the same communities. Yeah. And they were so gracious to say, yes, let's do this. And because of what we did locally, it turned into a national partnership. That's amazing. And so that's a huge thing to be able to do that across the country and all of the chapters that we have to be able to reach a community that a lot of the chapter, chapters really don't have access to. Um, so I think it's, you know, those partnerships, those local partnerships and those partnerships with the Divine Nine are extremely important to us because that's how we're going to reach the communities that we need to serve. And that's where we're going to find our neurologists, our geriatricians, our doctors that are going to take us seriously to be able to understand this disease um, and help the people that, you know, are disproportionately affected. Who wants to talk about the first walk coming up? All right. Well, we have the walk coming up on September 23rd. <laughs> right, right, right. We are almost there. Almost so people there. listening, what what do they need to know about this walk? Why is this walk important? They need to be there. Sure. Why they do need they to need be to there. be there? They need to be there. They need to be registered. They need to come out because I, I've shared this repeatedly, um, that when most people hear Alzheimer's, they think that is so heavy. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right? And mm-hmm. it is, it's usually like, oh. And a long when, goodbye, they say. Yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. and you know, and and oftentimes a lot of people will try to change the subject because it's so heavy they don't want to talk about oh, it. Wow. But what I try to get folks to realize is that the Alzheimer's Association equips individuals who are impacted by disease, um, who are suffering from it, and the caregivers who love um, and work to help them through through this journey. That we hype the hope, you know. So we're we're in a place where. Um, it was unheard of before that you could do stuff preventatively, where it was unheard True. of before where you could actually see a decrease in the amyloid plaque, which is that buildup yeah. that um, contributes to the major um, cognitive decline in Alzheimer's patients. You know, where you have treatment that can reverse that. That's huge. Mm-hmm. So that gives me hope. You know, and, you know, when, when I look at my baby, you know, she's 10. And I think about, I don't want her to have to worry about that for her mom. And I'm navigating a journey right now with my mom that we don't know if Alzheimer's is the cause. Okay. You know, we're, we're mm-hmm. just starting this journey mm-hmm. um, with testing and screening and I'm about to have a scan done so we could hopefully get some answers. Um, but we know that 
everything that we can do in the now is going to make things so much better later. And so being at the walk on September 23rd at Chesapeake City Park, we're going to kick things off with um, a wonderful ceremony. And I know that you've heard her sing, Sarita Scott. Um, she's going to be uh, blowing those beautiful vocals out there doing the national anthem. And we don't want to forget that you're going to be holding it down for us on the stage, too. I will be there. Um, as one of our co-MCs with Jen from WTKR, um, Scandalous right here from Hot 91 is going to be out there in the park mm -hmm. with us. Teams from all over Hampton Roads are going to come out there to hype the hope. Um, and we'll have stations for, for everyone to come out there and get what they need, resources, um, support, and most of all, camaraderie, to know that they're not in this fight alone. Mm -hmm. That's huge. And so... If they're not planning right now to be there on September 23rd, they need to make that happen now. <laughs> and one of the the my favorite and most special pieces of uh, Walk to End Alzheimer's is our Promise Garden. Okay. Um, and the Promise Garden is made up of flowers of four different colors. Um, the first is blue, and that represents someone living with the disease. Um, yellow is someone providing care um, to someone who's living with the disease. Um, orange is someone who is an advocate for those um, who are impacted. And purple is for those who have lost someone to the, di to the di disease. And during um, the Promise Garden ceremony, as you'll find out, because you'll be helping to lead us through that, we have representatives holding those flowers up, um, representing each one of those. And I think for me this year, for the first time ever, um, you know, over the years, it's been really hard to find people to hold that blue flower. Oh. Um, because they have been uh, folks who are really late in the disease process, and it's just difficult yeah, um, yeah. to get out to an event like that. Yeah, yeah. For the first time um, that I can remember for a while, we have not only one, but we have two people. Wonderful. Who are holding that blue flower up together, and what a powerful moment that is going to be okay. to have the two of them standing yes. next to each other. So um, that is, in and of itself, is a reason to come out to experience that hope. Um, mm -hmm. Yes, we are. We are. We have made it here to this moment where we have a treatment. Now things are just going to happen so quickly over the next ten years, and um, it is going to be really phenomenal to see. What we do holistically as a nation, but I'm really excited about what we're doing that's very unique here in Hampton Roads mm -hmm. because I think we are going already on the map in how we are impacting these disparities that um, in many places, they're still trying to figure out how to do that, oh, but we're, we're doing it. We're mm -hmm. doing that work here, and that's really, really exciting to see. My hat goes off to you all. I told you it was the quickest 30 minutes you <laughs> will ever live, and this 30 minutes is up already. I can't okay. believe it. But uh, please, someone, one of you leave with information about the walk or, you know, if they want to get in contact with you. Yeah, so um, if you want to register for the walk um, in Chesapeake, um, you can go to alz.org slash walk put in your zip code and that um, walk will show up if you can't make it on September 23rd we have five other walks in Hampton Roads um, and those will pop up too um, when you put in your local zip code here um, if you have questions anything need help registering you know want to do it over the phone that kind of thing all you have to do is call uh, the Alzheimer's um, Association 24-7 helpline and that's one 800 
272-3900. And in fact, that helpline is available to anyone who is impacted by the disease anytime, day and night. There are licensed um, social workers there, um, professionals who understand how to navigate this disease, so don't hesitate to call them. Ladies, you all have doing some great work. Thank you for coming in. We appreciate it. Thanks for the interviews you're doing on the morning show on uh, 91.1, too, because those are helpful as well. Thank you. All right. So we've got to get out of here because they're probably going to yell at me. I'm a little bit late, but it's okay because it was some good information. Look, you all have the best Sunday you have ever lived. I'm Cheryl Wilkerson. Always behold the green and gold.